Listening to Heart of Mind Radio for the New Millennium. I'm Catherine Davis, and today we're going to be talking about the We Campaign at We.net. The objective of the organization, We the World, is to facilitate cooperation on a global scale amongst groups and individuals dedicated to implementing solutions to the many challenges we face on the planet at this time. And you, the listeners, are invited to join in this movement, without which all other movements for change cannot be successful. The crucial movement we are talking about is the shift from I to we. We have the three I's to become a we, inspire, inform, involve. To learn more and to join this wonderful group of people, you can visit www.we.net. And we'll give information again as we go forward, how you can get in touch. And I'm really happy today to be speaking with Rick Ulfick, and he is the founder of We the World and the We Campaign at We.net a global platform to unite and amplify the efforts of people, organizations, and movements working for the common good. Rick is the co-creator of 11 Days of Global Unity, 11 Ways to Change the World, linking local awareness and action campaigns into an inspiring international movement with participants including Desmond Tutu, Jane Goodall, Deepak Chopra, Eve Ensler, Bill McKibben, and many others. Also joining us is Heidi Little. Heidi is a vocalist, songwriter, performing artist, educator, and founder of International Children's Month and the Center for Advancement and social-emotional learning. Heidi is coordinator of WE, the world's campaign for children and youth, and producer of WE, the world's first compilation album. So we're going to be talking about all of this today and inviting you who are listening to this program to get on board, to take action, and to begin to make a difference in the world.
listening to Heart of Mind, Radio for the New Millennium. I'm Katherine Davis, and today we are going to be speaking about a wonderful organization, We.net, and all of the people who are involved in real change in the world. So I invite you to stay tuned. We'll be speaking with Rick Ulfick. And he is the founder of We the World and the We Campaign at We.net, a global platform to unite and amplify the efforts of people, organizations, and movements working for the common good. Rick is the co-creator of 11 Days of Global Unity, 11 Ways to Change the World, linking local awareness and action campaigns into an inspiring international movement with participants including Desmond Tutu, Jane Goodall, Deepak Chopra, Eve Ensler, Bill McKibben, and many others. Also joining us is Heidi Little. Heidi is a vocalist, songwriter, performing artist, educator, and founder of International Children's Month and the Center for Advancement in Social-Emotional Learning. Heidi is coordinator of WE, the world's campaign for children and youth, and producer of WE, the world's first compilation album. So we're going to be talking about all of this today and inviting you who are listening to this program to get on board, to take action and to begin to make a difference in the world. So why don't we start, Rick, as the founder of all of this activity, to give us a sense of why you're doing what you're doing, and how you see this work really blossoming and growing. Our world seems to be disintegrating, but maybe not so much as we think. Right. So thank you again, Catherine, for your ongoing work to create a better world through heart of mind and all the different things that you are doing. And I also want to mention that you are overseeing one of We The World's 11 Campaigns for Change, which is health, uh, because you've been so involved with health issues, inner health as well as uh, uh, outer and, you know, community and, and societal health. So, um, so thank you f- again for that and for hosting uh, this uh, important series that you are doing with Heart of Mind. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. So um, just in case uh, anyone hearing this show would like to find out more about We the World and the We campaign and possibly collaborate with us or even join our We team, uh, you can go to we.net, which uh, Catherine mentioned, um, and there you can actually sign up to uh, be part of our We team as an individual or sign up your organization or both. So um, yes, uh, Catherine, we're living at a time of great challenges to our societies and to our entire civilization. As the world has seen, the pandemic has proved to be most deadly to those who have already suffered from decades and even centuries of catastrophic racial and economic inequality. So in the US, frustration and rage 
has been intensified, as we all know, by the deadly use of force by police and others against unarmed African-Americans, George Floyd, Ahmed Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, and others. And the, the list is growing, uh, including uh, recent reports about uh, Rayshard Brooks in Atlanta and others, and it's inflaming communities across the U.S. and around the world. Um, so it's possible that we are at a turning point. Um, we, I mean, we've seen this kind of these kinds of uprising before, but it seems like maybe something is is different this time. The protests seem to be having more influence on politicians uh, than in the past. Uh, there's talk about shifting uh, some of uh, police funding away from police and toward community service services. And so we're at a, a critical juncture where we can ask, how can we best move forward to create a society and world that actually works for all? And that's part of the mission of We the World. Our mission is to maximize social change globally until we have a world that works for all. So to fulfill that mission, you know, we do, do many kinds of things. We create events, campaigns, platforms that really support people and organizations that are working to create a better world and a world that works for all. So as you mentioned, we uh, started 11 Days of Global Unity. This was over 15 years ago. And those 11 campaigns that have come out of 11 Days of Global Unity are going all year round, and they are uh, being joined by hundreds, literally hundreds of organizations that have signed up under one or more of these campaigns. One of the things that I've noticed as I've been engaging with people online, which I'm doing much more now, there's really a big gap in understanding and being able to communicate and I find that many people, even myself, are talking past each other and not really connecting in a way that allows to build understanding. So I know you're a trainer as well. I'm wondering if you could give any thought on what people could do in the immediate to make their communications more productive. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, you know, it's, it's uh, a powerful strategy and framework uh, and nonviolent communication. Uh, it allows people to begin to let go of their judgments and interpretations and get to what's really going on for people in terms of their actual needs. And the, the thing is, everybody has certain uh, needs. They, we, we call them universal needs right? Like uh, breathing, you know, air, water, food, shelter, those all humans on the planet need, of course, but there are also psychological needs that we all have. So for example, respect is a, a need that, that we all have. And meaning and autonomy, love, empathy, com uh, community. Um, I mean, there are, there are a large number of them. There's about 90 that or 95 that have, have um, been identified. Connection, you know, touch, um, hope, order, security. I mean, 
all of these needs um, are things that we share. And the, the cool thing is that those ne needs can never come into conflict. So we all have these things. So um, we, we, they just can't ever come into contact, but co conflict. But what can come into conflict are the strategies that people adopt to meet their, their needs. So, so, the, so if you are in a conflict with someone, or let's say if two people are in a conflict um, and we uh, want to, and, the, and both people want to resolve the conflict, because of course that's important to, in order to resolve a conflict. But if two people want to resolve a conflict, and let's say a third person is acting as a go-between, um, like a mediator or something like that. Uh, so if they're using nonviolent communication, what they would do is try to get the people to be in a state of connection. And a state of connection is when each person who's in conflict, conflict with the other can uh, actually articulate their own feelings and needs, um, maybe the needs that are not being met, and they can articulate the other person's feelings and the needs that that person is not, uh, is not, are not being met. So when both people can articulate completely their own feelings and needs and the, the, the feelings and needs that are not being met of the other person, then they're in what we call a state of connection. And then they're able at that point to co-create a new strategy that actually works for both of them, which they weren't able to do before that. Because, you know, when you're in conflict, you, you know what's going to work for you. The, if the other person just changes and does whatever you want, then you know that's going to work for you, but that may not work for them. And, then the, and they know what they want from you. That's a strategy that they have that they know that works, but you don't want to do that. So the idea is to, to get to the point where you really want to work out a strategy that works for both of you. And once you can do that, uh, once you can do that, then you talk about it and you figure it out. And it works almost every time, but you need those ingredients of, you know, you want to, to end the conflict or resolve the conflict. And, um, and then you, you uh, get to know what's going on for the other person and what's going on for yourself. And you share that. And then you, you can get to that point. And, and we feel that this is almost like a, peace technology, you know, like we could do that on a large scale. We could do that between uh, countries that are in co conflict. So if you can do it between uh, two, two people, you can scale it up in a sense. Does that help? Yeah, that, that's very, very helpful. Thank you. Generation of sin. 
as well to speak with you, Heidi, about your work that you're doing with children, because I see that as a really vital point in transforming all of our world, because these children are going to be growing up into the adults that will be organizing and doing things. And when I look back at some of the problems that we're having now with racism and intolerance, I realized that a lot of these people were taught these ways as children and were exposed in as children. And I think that we can really do something important through the work that you're doing. So please, in your own way, just let us know what you're doing and the impact that it has and what you hope for it to be as we go forward. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much, Catherine. Thank you for having me on your show, Heart of Mind Radio. What a beautiful title and uh, so in alignment. And Rick, honoring the work, of course, We the World. So this is our eighth year for International Children's Month. And our mission is love, care, and respect of all the children on Earth. And we believe that really everyone is a child of this planet and that we all uh, deserve to feel what it feels like uh, to be love, care, and respect and I invite our, our listeners now to just kind of tap into what does that feel like in your body? You know, what does it feel like to love, care, and respect yourself? And all of the things outside of us aside, what does that feel like inside to love, care, and respect? And just really breathe with that and feel what that feels like. And I hope you'll come back to that throughout the times coming up in the future as we're, we're moving through these challenges that we have. So my master's degree is in social emotional learning, advancements in social emotional learning. And 
for 25 years, I've been in circle with all kinds of children all over Turtle Island, Canada, Mexico, United States, in circle, learning what it's like to be together, learning what it's like to be an active and supportive listener, learning what it's like to catch the ball and making sure we're present so we don't drop it, and learning to accept and receive each other as other hearts and beings on this planet. And, you know, children aren't born with racial inequalities looming in their personalities. Definitely historical, um, I believe, historical trauma in the DNA. You know, my own mother was born in a concentration camp. And so I'm no stranger to, to what's going on and to the holes it leaves in family. So starting with the self and then extending to family and community and the world, that's what our platforms are all about. So June is International Children's Month, and we're in the midst of it all right now, and it is fantastic. And our platform actually runs 365 days a year with a theme that has always been about empowerment and support and, you know, moving through things, you know, in a, in a, a heart-based way. So we circle with peace in education and in self family and community we circle with water as self and family and community in the world we circle with earth and gardening and our connection to the plants and the animals and the trees and when we work with a lot of indigenous relations and and chiefs who do uh, water medicine wheel work and, and 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 prayers and and how to connect with the sun and um, important things that that we don't get reminded about in a typical busy day-to-day lifestyle, in a typical busy day-to-day public school system. I've been blessed with working in all kinds of schools, free schools, home schools, no schools, Catholic schools, private schools, public schools, camps, creative endeavors. We circle with teamwork. We circle with um, a whole being, body, mind, and spirit. What's a whole person like? What's a whole child like? We circle with um, taking it to the streets in 2019. So what does love in action look like? What does love in action sound like? What does love in action do? So we believe power in love, power in care, and power in respect. And you move into the world, it's my experience, you move into the world with those three things in your being, and, and the doors open, and the conversations happen, and the, the transformations that we need begin to become because when we, when we come at somebody with resentment and judgment, they shut down and we can't really, can't really grow, grow into something else. So this year is a miracle. It's never been so ethereal, you know, of a platform. And when we sat down to work on it and, and bring it out into the world, I, I wasn't sure what that was about, you know? Um, but I know that miracles come through each other that we're each other's miracles. And I personally have a, a strong spiritual connection to God and spirit. And, um, and I, I teach my, my own children that. And I like to be able to give the children and youth of the world um, the opportunity to connect with their, their highest self, their inner guidance system, their love. How are they going to move forward in this, in integrity? In June, I am meeting all of these amazing youth you know, we started in, in 2018 to well, Earth Guardians back in the day and moving into this is zero hour. And, you know, 2019 was the rise of the youth. And, you know, by September of, of 2019, they were everywhere. And we still didn't really listen. 
and they they had all the media attention and we still didn't really even listen and they were asking us to take care of their water to take care of your water and and they weren't really heard even though they were heard and that's the thing with children you know it's like they're to be seen and not heard or you know they don't really have anything to offer until they come to maturity and in this kind of thing but the children that are being born these days they have so much intelligence and so much um, conviction and passion to be here. And it's going to take that inside of them to really make this place a place that's going to be safe and foster their creativity and their love and their care and their respect and their governing systems and their community action. And so it's very important to listen to them and to hear what they have to say. And, and you'll be surprised because they're very articulate and they really do understand and feel what unity is like. They've had to come together with amongst themselves because the grown-ups segregated and separated them for so long. So we're dealing with the rebalancing of two, three, five thousands of years of historical trauma too against children. This isn't just about racial issues. This is a thing inside of us about love, care, and respect. And I feel like all of it is tied in together. So as we are learning that and becoming something more, becoming more beautiful, becoming something that can work together, communities and humanities that can work together. I am just a child But I understand That love will mend our broken
like the other, but I know you're my brother, and I'm also doing it all when we love you. It's all about choosing, not winning or losing. Forget and forgive, so we can live as one. Listening to Heart of Mind conversations, and today we are speaking about eleven days of global unity and we.net, and we're being joined by the coordinator of the unity campaign, Sharon Rea. Sharon is on a serious mission to make the world a better place. As creator of Comfy Couch Conversations, and founder of the global movement, No Judgment, Just Love, Sharon knows that judgments are human, and we judge all the time. Her message is meant to encourage people to practice No Judgment, Just Love. Which is choosing to move beyond judgments that divide, to consciously lead with love in your thoughts, words, and actions. Sharon Rea is also working as a life, family, and communications coach, and she wants everyone to know peace in your family and in the world. Both are possible. And her website is njjl.world. And we'll give out contact information later. But I want to welcome you, Sharon. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. We've done a few of these together, and they're always a pleasure. I agree. It's a lot of fun and a lot of building on insights and inspiration. So I really enjoy that. And where would you like to start? Do you want to give people a little bit of an introduction to whom you are? Because not everyone would have heard about your work before now. Yeah, that'd be great. Just a few sentences. I am a life and family coach, been uh, coaching parents and families in some of the places that we find communication problems in transitions like raising teenagers and moving through divorce And when you have to be a grandparent thinking you're done and all of a sudden you're raising your grandchildren. Um, And that's a generational communication gap. So I really, really enjoy empowering families to be able to communicate with each other. Recently, I've been uh, invited to be an executive coach for communications in the government realm. 
And that's at the beginning of stages, but I'm so excited to help our government communicate differently. <laughs> Much needed. Much needed. And then my global movement of No Judgment, Just Love has been around for almost uh, six and a half years. I embody it, meaning I'm constantly looking for the less judgment and the more allowance for myself so I don't judge me so harshly and looking out at the world. Mm. And tell us a little bit about the comfy couch. Yes, I love that. Uh, in my coaching, in my home, which I do sometimes as my office, families sit on my gray comfy couch <laughs> and they put their feet up and they sink in because it's so luscious and they are giving themselves permission to unleash their joys and their pains without judgment. So I just codified that comfy couch into a program where I create a safe space for people to have conversation with each other, um, think of their thoughts out loud, explore who they are in the safety of the comfy couch. That's cool, that's very cool. And you're doing, um, working with the, coordinating the Unity campaign, Campaign for Unity. And I understand that the day that that part of the campaign is celebrated is September 11th. So that is a day that has a lot of heavy energy coming with it, but perhaps some opportunity as well because of what memories it might evoke in people. But how are you relating to the date? And, and then tell us a little bit about uh, what will be happening on that day that people can connect with. Absolutely. Well, you know, because the unity campaign for We the World in the 11 days of global unity, where every day there's some uh, highlighted topic that we talk about, unity is the first one. And it falls on 9-11, which if you think about 9-11, that's a call for help. <laughs> yeah. um, and because it's on 9-11, this particular year is the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks in New York, both the Twin Towers and in Pennsylvania and probably other places that got thwarted. Um, and so you're right, Catherine, it is a heavy energy around that date and that time because so much life was suddenly and destructively lost. So much drama and trauma that we viewed and witnessed on television if we were around then. And then so much pain from that day as we remember those lives lost. And most often the conversation around 9-11 centers around that, the pain, mm -hmm. rightly so. But as the coordinator of unity, I am asking the question this year, which will be part of our program broadcast with a panel discussion, can we be united without a catastrophic event like 9-11? Wow, that's a big question. And you know, it's really interesting because I, I live here in New York City and I was here when this whole thing was unfolding. Wow. And what I would say is that the disaster itself presented 
an opportunity for unification, I think that still exists. So when this first took place, there was no hostility, there was no anger, there was no thoughts of revenge. It was just human to human, people reaching out to each other, first responders, you know, digging through the rubble and people really, you know, searching for their loved ones. And so there was a lot of unity. And even beyond that, even in your day-to-day experience with people, the barriers came down and we were all kind of part of this one family experience. Mm -hmm. So strangers were talking to each other, you know, very heartfelt conversations and checking in on the bus, on the subway, in the supermarket. And then there were a lot of organizations that came together with healing and in different ways, spiritual, physical. And then it was hijacked by the war machine Mm. and everything fell apart because that's where the focus of the media went. And, you know, everyone's attention was, was sort of put into this, you know, sort of urgency towards war and fear. And I remember that's what shocked me more than the actual towers coming down was the way the um, people's mindsets could be turned based on these um, campaigns. I mean, I didn't have a lot of information at the time, but there was even a big event at uh, Yankee Stadium with people from all religions. It was really growing into a really huge um, response. And then afterwards, you know, by the, by the time the bombing started and all the, the craziness, everybody was suspicious of each other and suspicious of Islamic uh, people and suspicious of this and that. And there was all of this panic that was brought into the city with these danger levels every day. So I, I really love the idea that you are sort of picking up the mantle of the unity that was actually the the natural and innate response to that event. Catherine, you bring up such an important perspective. I feel because you are in media that that's where your mind and your thoughts go. And you are so correct for reminding me of that because I lived in New York for 20 years. I knew people at the World Trade Center. I worked in Manhattan. So it was home for me, even though at the time I was here in Arizona. But on the 12th and all day and night through the night, you're right, our broadcasts were of the compassion, of the togetherness, of the solutions, of the comfort that we saw not just in New York, but everyone adopted New York around the, the whole country. world. The whole yes. world. Yes, I remember that. It was, we are one with you, New York. This happened to you, and we had complete freedom and untethered awareness that we're all connected. That what happened in New York reverberated around the world to each country, each person. And as soon as there was this shift to revenge, to war, you're right, the media just, next story, let's move to that. 
Yeah, that whole that whole natural response was swept away and replaced. And and it's it's important for us to realize how powerful um, these forces can be. But it also lets me understand why what you're doing is really important and what we're doing at um, we.net and the 11 days of um, what is it, 11 days of global, global unity, unity. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is building that force to be able to sustain, you know, um, those wonderful ways of being human towards each other and towards ourselves which in the face of the actual disaster, that was the natural human response. Yes. People are not naturally, you know, going to the toxic and negative side. The natural response, you see somebody fall, you're going to run and help them get up. Exactly. You know, and so, um, so with that in mind, I'd like for you to share some of the work that you will be doing or how you would love for people to celebrate this day with you and your campaign at we.net. Thank you, Catherine. And as you were speaking about the media redirecting our attention, it, it caused me to think about education and our schools. And for me, there are many ways that people can engage with us on 9-11 in this question because it's a very um, simple but open door to redirecting your thoughts. What I mean by our education system is my experience with public education and even some of the private is we, we indoctrinate, we teach our kids to regurgitate what we tell them. You know, learn these facts, learn these dates. And we don't really give them enough opportunity to have their own thoughts, to really question what we are trying to teach them, to not just understand the dates and reasons for history, but think about what exactly happened. What, in your opinion, could you think differently? Because I think when, well, I know that when we have a society that thinks for itself, unencumbered by being programmed to think of war or programmed to think of not our, what you said, our innate humanity, humanity, that we willingly shift our attention from compassion and the, and the togetherness of 9-11 to war. But if we all, or even a large portion of us said, no, I'm not going to take what you're giving me. I'm not going to go there. This feels good, what we were doing. This is making progress. And we start to inform our media. This is what we want to see, not what you think we want to see. So on that day, 9-11, as you're thinking about the really precious moments and memories of the people that we lost, please also consider what has happened to our country in those 20 years. How have we not been able to come together unified? And (laughs) from my vantage point, Catherine, we've had a lot of catastrophes in the last year that should have (laughs) brought us to together, but they seem to divide us more. But I think a lot of that has to do with the interference. I think normally we would have. I, I really believe that the natural response 
is to reach out a hand or um, to give encouragement or to try to help people. But when we are so consumed by fear, yes, it becomes much harder. And that's why I think like the work that you're doing in your personal practice as well is helping people to sift through all that stuff that they've accumulated so that they can reveal who they truly are at the end of it. Absolutely. And as you know, by being the coordinator of the, of the um, health campaign with We The World, the overarching topic, or I guess tag for this particular 11 days of global unity is going from fear to hope. Mm-hmm. And, and that is just a profound, short little sentence that has energy moving forward. Like you said, the energies are heavy of fear right now in our whole world. We are being infiltrated, really, and stuck in the fear of everything, the fear of our thoughts, the fear of our food, the fear of our air, the fear of other people, the fear of our health, just fear, fear, fear. And the more, as I teach parents of teenagers, your brain is constantly learning and it learns by repetition. And it is, it is not a thinking machine, it's a taking in information and spitting it back out machine. So when you constantly tell it fear, 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 it goes, okay, I got that. So everything now you look at, or most everything, begins with that energy of fear. Instead of what from fear to hope says to me, and what no judgment just loves, I offer for people to consider is, Be curious at what you don't know instead of fearful of what you don't know. Mm, So true. So true. And if you could um, give people something to do to celebrate this day with you um, as a day of unity, how would you invite them to do that? Whether it's tuning in online or, and perhaps also something they could do in their personal lives. Hello. Very simple. Be curious about the people in your local community, in the center of your universe, and say, hello. <laughs> Very simple. Someone that you think you would not want to have an interaction with. Be cautious, but be willing if there is an opportunity to say hello and see where it goes. People may think you're odd or they may be clamoring and parched for someone to say hello to them. And look what you just did. You unified you with one other person and so on and so on and so on all throughout the day and watch your energy level go from fear to hope, rise up into that space of unity with all of us. You don't have to have a long conversation. You don't have to go to dinner with them. You don't have to talk about that. Just say hello. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. And it's free. <laughs> and that makes it even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you know, there is a, I, I constantly am appreciative that I was exposed to the Zulu phrase from Africa, Ubuntu. And what Ubuntu means, there's a literal translation and a longer uh, phrase that I can't say yet, haven't learned how to say yet in Zulu. But Ubuntu basically means I am because you are. Right. You know that phrase, um, that, that um, saying, Catherine, that says, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there, does it make a sound? Well, we are not in a forest by ourselves. And yes, there is a sound. And yes, there are people that can hear that sound. And so when we think of ourselves in connection with other people, which is unity, then that curiosity hopefully will naturally bubble up, like you say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So true. And also... Um... Um, the 11 campaigns for global unity will be having programs stretched throughout the 11 days. Um, people can connect on the we.net site or 11 days of global unity um, website. So I'll put those links in, but just to be sure, you know, just go 11 days of global unity.org or we.net and people can find out what's happening. And there's gonna be a series of interviews at 11 a.m. to just feature the coordinators. And then I believe it's 1 p.m. There's going to be a presentation for each campaign taking place on the actual day of that um, celebration. So for you, the um, unity will be the 11th. For me, the health campaign will be on the 15th. But every day has something special. I, I want to encourage everybody to join in. You can register on the website and connect directly to all of these programs. So I encourage you to go to we.net or uh, um, 11 campaigns for globalunity.org and register for these programs. And you can find out a lot about what's going on, get involved, maybe volunteer and join one of the campaigns. Inside my skin, there is this space. It twists and turns It bleeds and aches Inside my heart There's an empty room It's waiting for lightning It's waiting for you And
Restless. 